Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have three other podcasts out there. From John to Justin, which releases every single Friday. Coast to Coast, which releases every single Thursday and only has two episodes left. And Canada's Great War, which releases every single Sunday. If you like, you can email me at craig at CanadaEHX.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G. B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. In the interior of British Columbia, where Armstrong sits today, the land was occupied by the indigenous for thousands of years as they moved through the land following game and shaping the landscape. The Okanagan people were the primary indigenous group that lived in the area, and they would first come across Europeans as fur traders arrived in the area in the 1700s, looking for the abundant furs found in the interior of British Columbia. In the late 1800s, some settlers would come into the area, including Alfred Postill in 1873, and he would build a sawmill in 1878 that had a capacity of 12,000 board feet of lumber per day. The sawmill would last for several decades and became an important part of this early community. In 1867, the O'Keefe Ranch was founded, and it would represent the beginning of European settlement in the Okanagan Valley. During that time, the Caribou Gold Rush was going strong and the demand for food for miners meant that there was a lot of business for the ranch. The ranch was founded by Cornelius O'Keefe, along with his partners Thomas Greenhow and Thomas Wood, after they drove cattle up to the area in June of 1867. From there, the ranch would grow and by 1900, the ranch covered over 12,000 acres. Cornelius would be pressured to sell over time and he finally would in 1907, but the O'Keefe family would stay on and ranch in the area but on a much smaller scale. Cornelius would pass away in 1919, and his wife Elizabeth, followed by his son Tierney, would take over the management of the ranch. It was Tierney, along with his wife Betty, who made the decision to turn the ranch into a heritage site to celebrate the history of ranching in the area. They began to restore the buildings, brought in the blacksmith shop from down the road, and reconstructed the general store. That store had been the first post office in the entire Okanagan Valley. On June 16, 1967, Premier W.A.C. Bennett would officially open the ranch to the public in front of 1,000 people by cutting a ribbon. In 1977, the O'Keeffe sold the buildings and artifacts and land to the Devonian Foundation, and the ranch was given to the city of Vernon. It continues to operate to this day and can be visited from Mother's Day to Thanksgiving each year. In the area, the Round Prairie School would be built through a community effort in 1885 and would have Thomas Ledoux as its first teacher. It would serve the area for several decades before the building was eventually taken over for government use. In 1892, the Shushwap Okanagan Railway was built through the area, and that would be the start of Armstrong. At the time, the entire community of Armstrong consisted of nothing more than a boxcar, which not only served as the train station, but the rail agent's house, and he was the only resident of this new community. One pioneer would say, quote, Apart from the boxcar, there was just willows and swamp, end quote. Nearby, there was a community of Spalamcheen, which had been bypassed by the railroad. As a result, the residents of the community packed up everything, including the buildings, and moved everything to where the boxcar was, creating the community of Armstrong in the process. 
the community would be named for William Charles Heaton Armstrong, who had a private bank and issued bonds for the construction of the railroad. He would visit the community that was named for him in 1892, the same year it was established. One interesting note is that Anthony Heaton Armstrong, the great-grandson of William Charles, would visit the community in 2002 and officially open the Armstrong Fair. At the time, Anthony was living in England and had no idea a town was named for his great-grandfather. He would say, quote, I was very surprised that there was a town in Canada named for my great-grandfather. I had never been told. I knew that he was a remarkable character, but I did not know all the details. End quote. Soon after the community was established, the Armstrong Hotel would be built. The first new house was built in the community by George Pratchett. The St. James Anglican Church was built in 1885, and when the community moved to the new location of Armstrong, that church was moved as well. That church stands to this day and is the oldest church in Armstrong, and you can visit it to relive the history of the community from 125 years ago. And while there have been some additions and changes, the church stands as it did in the 1890s today. In 1896, Bishop Dart of the Diocese of New Westminster would consecrate it and dedicate it to St. James. In 1903, the first pulpit was installed, and in 1927, a bell that had been made in 1797 in England was donated to the church and installed. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms, and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call one 866 285-2253. In 1899, the Provincial Exhibition and Stampede would be held for the first time in Armstrong. It was around this time that the farmers and settlers of the area created a tabletop show in order to show different species of livestock for comparison and to see which crops were superior, allowing farmers to adjust their next year's crop accordingly. Soon enough, this small tabletop show began to expand as settlers saw the benefits to it and it would be moved to the fairgrounds to accommodate this growth. In 1910, the first barns to house livestock at the fair were built, but these barns burned down in 1925. So, from 1927 to 1929, barns were built for pigs, poultry, and cattle. In 1919, the fair became the North Okanagan Fall Fair, and it continued to expand what it showcased at this time. In 1930, the name was changed once more to the Interior Provincial Exhibition. And while there was a lean times during the Great Depression, the community would get behind the fair to help ensure it kept going. As such, the fair continues to this very day. And while it took a break during the COVID-19 pandemic, it will be returning in 2020. In 1904, E.R. Burnett 
would grow the first celery in Armstrong, giving the community the title of the Celery City. That first crop of celery would amount to an astounding 300 pounds. The community would slowly continue to grow, and in 1913, it officially became a town. The first mayor of the town would be James Wright. By the 1940s, the community had grown to be a vibrant stop in the Okanagan for travelers and a destination for many immigrants. When the Second World War ended, Dutch immigrants began to settle in the valley and around Armstrong. They would bring with them their knowledge of cheesemaking and that would allow Armstrong to become world-renowned for its cheese. At the time, Armstrong cheese had been manufactured in the community since 1902, but the Dutch immigrants would help the company reach the next level with their expertise. Armstrong cheese would be manufactured and distributed throughout North America, and chances are you've had some at some point in your life. And while the factory that made the cheese closed down in 2004, there is still the Village Cheese Company in the community. Visiting that establishment, you can watch master cheesemakers work at their craft, creating cheddar, Monterey Jack, and squeaky curds. In 1978, the Caravan Farm Theatre would be established as an outdoor theatre company that was based on an 80-acre farm in the North Okanagan near Armstrong. This theatre continues to operate to this day, putting on outdoor theatre shows for visitors and residents, giving a unique experience that harkens back to the days of outdoor theatre in the early 20th century and before. Started out almost nine years ago when we decided that we'd come out west and try and start up a traveling show. And we both got the idea of uh, traveling with horses and trying to put together some kind of wagon train that would travel around and do theater and uh, music. So we started out on Vancouver Island. We went down and bought eight horses and we built about five or six wagons. Well, they all fell apart one right after the other, and the horses were turned out to be either lame or renegades that some horse dealer sold us. So it took a lot of, lot of work and a lot of energy and a lot of people until finally we got on the road two years later with one wagon and one puppet show and six very dear people. walk now. Why horses? Because they're slow. And I like slow things. Scotty. The main reason for the horses, actually, though, is that we can arrive in a town with a bit of magic. We can arrive an announced like a herald in the old days when the circus was coming. It was all horse-drawn. Kids would run through the town yelling, the circus is coming, the circus is coming. Well, that's the way we want to arrive. How much a part of uh, the performance is the actual music and the uh, movement and so on? Well, it's a musical show. Here. Somebody rob the CPI. You can play on your fiddle and your own guitar. Some people say it's a terrible crime. But as for me, I think it's just about time. And in Kamloops, where trains run down the main street, nobody wants to see the CPB. Somebody rob the CPI. You can play on your fiddle and your old guitar. Some 
Farm Theatre had actually been founded in 1972 in Montreal as a traveling puppet troupe until it found its permanent home in the Okanagan. If you would like to learn more, you can visit the Armstrong Palanchine Museum, which includes a replica railway station, schoolroom, general store, and blacksmith shop. You can also dig into the wheat bin and find many artifacts on display from the early history of Armstrong. Various exhibits and displays highlight those who lived and worked in Armstrong and the surrounding area, as well as the sports, agricultural, political, civic, and everyday history of the community. The museum itself has a history that dates back to an unfortunate incident. In the early 1970s, the residents of Armstrong found they were powerless to prevent a historic building from being demolished. In response, the Armstrong Palanchine Historical Society was formed in 1974, and that organization began to collect historical photographs. In 1983, the city of Armstrong offered society space and a machine storage building. That same year, the museum would open to the public, and it would then expand in 1988, and an art gallery was added. I hope you enjoyed that episode, rather short one, about the history of Armstrong. And if you did, please leave a rating and review. Tomorrow, I'm looking at the history of Oak Bank. It's another short episode as I get these episodes out to get myself back on a proper schedule after traveling through Alberta in August at historical sites and then doing 36 episodes in a row about every election in Canadian history on my podcast, From John to Justin. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate. Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.